they will ask, you know, how much you're in the arrears, they would want to see an N4 application that was given to them in order to show that they are indeed at risk of an eviction. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. So welcome, Right Club Nation. I'm Laurel Simmons, and along with my co-host, Sarah Larby, we're welcoming you to another podcast episode of The Right Club. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Laurel. How are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. And we have a wonderful guest tonight, don't we? Kayla is the best. Ontario Landlords Watch, Kayla Andrade. She is like when you think of Ontario landlord advocate, she is the person behind, you know, a lot of it for us in Ontario. And um, I will say what she's been able to do for landlords and help us have a voice um, has been tremendous, but even just to educate landlords on, you know, the new things that are coming, the new bills and what they mean. And I think it's just important to have a good pulse on all of that stuff because yes, the strategies are great. The burr is great. The run tone is great. But when it comes to at least understanding some of the landlord side of things of what can potentially go wrong and, and what the rules and regulations are, I think that's just important to know that as well. Yeah, and, and the whole political side, although I mean, people think that real estate isn't political. I mean, first of all, everything is political when you get right down to it. But, you know, we live in a society where we have, uh, we're ruled by, by um, rules and regulations and laws. And, and it is political if you want to change something because you can't just wake up one morning and decide it's got to be changed. So Kayla's taken on that burden and I, I, it is a burden. I mean, she loves it obviously, but to, to do all that work and to, to try to affect change on a political level, that takes an awful lot of effort and a lot, an awful lot of commitment. And, you know, she has four kids. I seriously don't know how she does it. You and I were talking about that earlier. And it's like, how do you do that with four kids between the ages of what one and was she a teenager? I just, it just boggles my mind. Yeah. I think one and a half to about 16 and, and I think 16 and a half, but at the end of the day, she also started a property management company. So she's just, you know, miss, I don't know, like she's like a superhuman or something, <laughs> but I, I will say like, it is, it is incredible. She's also, you know, an investor and a landlord and she's been investing for many years but I will say she's also very humble too. Like she, she does really well and she's still very humble and, and willing to help and, and speak to investors and landlords. So guys, I hope you enjoy this podcast. And, and guys, if you haven't yet, go check us out online, therightclub.com and register. It is free to do so. There's lots of great information, forums. You can ask questions. You can meet other like-minded individuals and so much more. Absolutely. So Sarah, shall we go to the podcast? Let's do it. 
Kayla, welcome to the show as uh, a second time, uh, or maybe even third time. You've been a guest before, but <laughs> welcome back and uh, super happy to have you again share your great insights and your knowledge. Thanks so much for having me, Laurent. Sarah. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So let's just do a, a brief overview. If there are any listeners from the Right Club Nation that haven't heard of you or, or met you, just a little bit about what you do when it comes to the Ontario Landlords Watch, but also from, from a real estate investing perspective of yourself. So I am a landlord. I've been a landlord for over 17 years. I've been a landlord advocate fighting the elected uh, officials on the Residential and Tenancy Act and the Landlord and Tenant Board for about 10 years. Uh, we recently just did our own property management company in April. Hey, what had to open up a property management company in COVID. <laughs> it's been great. And, uh, but my heart and soul is, is into advocating and making sure that we can create a fair and balanced housing system uh, that is desperately needed in Ontario. That's awesome. So congratulations, by the way, for the new business, the, the property management side of things. And how did you, just a little bit about that, how did you get, get started with that and, and why property management out of all, all things an investor could be doing? I really wanted to get into consulting, but my husband said, like, you've been advocating for 10 years. You're doing it for free. He's like, if you want to continue to do this, you got to start bringing money in. And I said, like, I did not want to charge a membership for our members to join our Facebook group. I was like, it's, it started to be free. I want it to stay to get free. Um, but in order for him to let me continue to advocate, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll bring in money through the property management business. And you know what? I'm glad I did it because it's the, it's the concept of understanding all types of landlords. Like I talk to a lot of landlords on the phone. I talk to them on the computer, but when you're really trying to guide them on how to manage their property, now we get to see the other foot. We get to see the other side of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot just by trying to, you know, to coach our, our clients on how we, why we do what we do. And once they get it, they absolutely, I feel better knowing that we're educating them if they ever want to do it themselves. So Kayla, what's the number one thing that you tell your clients? Like what's, or what's the number one issue or the number one, whatever that, that you really work with your clients on? Well, it's looking at the, the, when you're talking to a client and you're looking at the rental property that they're getting into, and if they're coming from different, out of, out of, out of state or out of, out of state, out of city, and they're trying to invest in another city, then they're getting, uh, they're paying, you know, a top dollar for that property. And then they think they can get it really high, high rent uh, going on there. And that's when, you know, that's where they could start falling because of the fact that I think you can get that high rent there, but you really got to understand the area and where you're investing in order to understand what you're going to get for that. And then a lot of landlords are trying to cut back on not trying to provide more to their tenants. And when you have high rents, you also have to be able to provide more uh, to your tenants as well. They expect more. So it's just about um, really trying to get them to see that you have to give customer service into uh, your tenants in order to really make a good business out of your property manage out of, out of your property and trying to scale it as, as far as you can go. But a lot of, a lot of landlords, they, they, they get really picky on who they want to pick. And sometimes you have to take a chance, but a lot of them are having a hard time understanding that, you need, you can't tell someone that, you know, you can't have a pet. 
<laughs> and if they move it in, you know, you just have to deal with it. You have to babysit a little bit more. You got to do more inspections in there, but understand that you have to be open in your tenant screening process to understand if these are the type of tenants that could already have a pet or they think about getting a pet. You have to feel, let the tenants know that you're open to it and not so close-minded because then they're just going to do it and, and lie to you about it. So you really have to work with them and make sure that you're, you're giving them the, uh, the customer service that they expect from their landlord. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to know what the rules are for landlords and tenants for every single province. And they're also quite different province to province. So it is important to, to learn that. Now, what area are you covering when it comes to the property management piece? So I'm in the Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph and Brantford area. Okay. Uh, so it's a, and you'll get different. So in the Guelph, it's, you can get your mixture of residential and students. And then in Waterloo, you're getting a lot of students. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors on this week's episode. I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget, which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Or you can send them an email, joel, J-O-E-L, at white elmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. Good luck on your next projects. Now back to the show. So you're in a lot of different areas. So you do some student rentals, you do some long-term regular type of, you know, family or whatnot. What are some of the things that you've been seeing, I guess, throughout, you know, March onwards in regards to, you know, the, the tenants and what they're needing that may be different than if this wasn't 
you know, throughout the, the pandemic? Definitely the students have taken a hit. The student market, we're looking at more landlords having a heck of a time trying to find students to come into their rentals. They also are having some issues with students who have already signed on a 12 year, um, a 12 month lease. And now they've able, they now retract it and they don't want to go ahead and fulfill their agreement of the contract. This is where it's moving our landlords into, hey, maybe we should be getting into long-term properties or they might just get into short-term, but it all depends on where you are in the province that many municipalities have prevented landlords from going into short-term as well. And we have to advise them that, you know, through our overall long-term, if you're switching over to long-term, just until you figure out what's happening with COVID, that is now going to be a dicey thing because you're not going to be able to, to go back into your short-term unless that tenant is leaving. So it's a really, and the market is still, I still think it's, it's still going very fast for our rentals. You still have a lot of showings. The rents are still continuing to climb. For us as a, our, our management, we have a lot of people paying, even for my personal tenants, not one have skipped a beat uh, through COVID. So that's a good sign. But we do, again, we still have our rent strikers and we do have many groups out there now trying to stop people from getting the evictions that are now starting to roll out ever since they lifted the eviction ban. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into all of that because I, I want to know about, you know, the, the new bills and everything that's happening and, and the whole eviction stuff. But you know, before we get into that, when you take over properties or a portfolio for a landlord, you know, what are some of the first things that you, you discuss with that landlord? And, uh, and, you know, what are some of the first steps that you take, you know, with that, that new portfolio or that property? Because you probably have tons and tons of processes and procedures and all that good stuff. Especially when you're speaking with a landlord, you want to know what their their level of education is, just so that you know how much you need to educate them. Then you need to know what kind of property it is and what type of tenants do they currently have in there. Are we going to be placing a tenant for the very first time as we take over that unit or are we taking on problem tenants? And if we are taking on problem tenants or concerned tenants, then we need everything. So everything from their lease, their application, any type of N4s, N5s, N8s any type of applications that were given to these tenants and any correspondence that was ever happening between the landlord and the tenant. So we can honestly feel like we've been managing it um, ever since that tenancy began because the tent, the landlord is going to be able to show us the type of correspondence with them. Um, we let them know that we're not here to nickel and dime. We have our in-house maintenance team. We try not to do our sub subcontractors as much as you know, we want to keep things uh, cost low for them, but they have to understand that we move quickly and we want to make sure that the maintenance is getting done because we don't want to have any problems with the tenants not paying rents based on the maintenance. So we have that in our policy where, you know, if it's under a certain um, $500, you know, we're doing it without their permission. Um, we'll give them a heads up on it. But if anything more, then we let them know that this is a bigger purchase and guide them through why we need to do that. But it's it's definitely understanding that, you know, they're giving them a, a crash course of the Residential Intensity Act, the Landlord and Tenant Board. And by us being that property manager, we're also trying to educate them that the Landlord and Tenant Board is a mess. So we want to really handle things with TLC versus the concept of going in guns a blazing and start shooting all these forms out completely. You really want to work that relationship with the tenant in order to try to avoid the Landlord and Tenant Board right now. But again, you're going to get that feel of, what kind of tenant are we working with? Is this a, can we work together as, as a nice uh, team to make sure all parties are happy? 
or do we have to get these forms ready and start the process and get in line to have the case heard by an adjudicator or a dispute resolution officer? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. So have you found that expectations have changed both on the, the, the landlord and, and the tenant end, like, especially since the, the pandemic has started and, you know, all the, all the, whatever, the media, the hype, the this, the that's not working, the CERB and whatever, whatever you want to call it, right? Like are expectations changing and has, has that affected the sort of the, the relationship between landlord and tenant and landlord, tenant and property manager? I think for the expectations, it all depends on what market you're into because the Toronto market right now, they, they are, are selling a lot of their condos. They're finding it very hard to rent. They seem like the rent to, for people looking to rent now in Toronto, but a lot of people have now started to move outside of the Toronto area. They're starting getting into our neck of the woods um, in order to do it. More tenants are still, like I said, they're still paying the tenant. The landlords are still being very um, cooperative with their tenants, but it's about guiding them now into helping them with a payment arrangement. And that's going to be a very crucial thing for our landlords because of COVID and after is because of this payment arrangement. So it seems like we're going to have to do more policing uh, and more parenting, I think, uh, in order to get our tenants back on track because of COVID. But yeah, it's, it's, it's more of the concept that we're, it's, it's still operating pretty s- s- the same for, for, for us and, and here, but it is going to be different as the current COVID evictions are going to start to roll out. That's where we're going to have to see what is going to be happening. Because right now, these are the evictions that are happening now. They're the ones prior to COVID. Yeah, so that's really interesting. And, and you mentioned payment plans and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, what does that even look like? So let's just say you're an investor and you've got a tenant all of a sudden that can't pay. They're not necessarily deciding not to pay you. They just can't, right? So you kind of, you know, want to work with them. And what does that look like in a little bit more detail? And just speak maybe a little bit closer the, to the mic so that we can, we can hear you better. So when you're getting the payment plan in place, which I feel that the payment agreement plan that's on the landlord and tenant board website, that actually I would say it could still be changed because when they did their public consultation, they asked what we thought of it. And, you know, the first couple of uh, paragraphs, it would talk about, you know, this is a legal binding contract. And then the second paragraph is you do not have to sign this agreement. (laughs) So it was like, you created this to help mediate and to help 
cover disputes, but the way that your headings are, it's going to continue to keep turmoil between both landlords and tenants. So there could be, I think, some changes happening there. Now, again, with a payment agreement plan, when you file that payment agreement plan, they want you to have an L1 application. So a non-payment of rent for the N4 and then waiting the 14 days and filing the L1 application. So they want you to have that in place before you're filing your payment agreement plan. I would educate our landlords into having everything documented to show that you are willing to work out a payment plan with them, give them the form that's on the landlord and tenant board website so that it gives them almost the blueprint, the footprint that they need to work out that type of payment plan. And also even to put the icing on top of the cupcake so that you can keep that in writing as well is to educate them on these homeless prevention programs that are out there for their tenants to have access to for rent arrears. Because now you're not only you know showing that you're willing to work with them, but you're now guiding them to different government programs in order to help them out. And it's not just the homeless prevention programs that are out there. They also now have a Canada Ontario housing portable benefit that is 3,000 people have already applied for it and they believe there's going to be another 5,000 people by the end of this year um, having access to more funds to help them with rent as their jobs have been affected through COVID and they've probably got less hours. So we have to keep everything in paper how you've been that supportive landlord in order to make sure that if the tenants are not agreeing with you and they don't want to sign a payment plan and you want to get them in, in writing to say, nah, I'm not working nothing out with you. And that will paint that picture that is needed for the adjudicators to make these proper decisions and either adjudicator or the customer, uh, the dispute resolution officers. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Now, you also mentioned the homeless prevention, you know, different options for tenants not to, uh, to be on the streets necessarily and to get that help with the payments. And, you know, probably before you and I spoke about it, like, you know, maybe it was six months ago now, I didn't even know many of these existed. So can you share a little bit of, you know, where somebody can go and what they do to help tenants out with payments? So um, I'll give you an example there, there, there's different names from them um, that they have in each region, but if you also, and some regions have an actual different type of like in Cambridge, it's called Lutherwood, other areas it's called something different, but sometimes your so a social worker with social assistance can also help somebody um, as well if that program hasn't fully been implemented in that region. And when you go to these agencies, they will ask, you know, how much you're in the arrears, they would want to see an N4 application that was given to them in order to show that they are indeed at risk of an eviction. They will do an intake of you know, like how many people are in the house, what is your salary, and if it's not a salary, what is your form of, of income? And they will also ask for a bank statement to show that you either have the money or you don't have the money. And this is something that we've really been advocating for, for through COVID is a type of rent relief program for residential properties. And these programs could be the people to vet to make sure that that program is not going to be abused because they do need to do um, checks and they do require information uh, in order to be granted this, this type of rent relief. So if you Google in homeless prevention programs uh, for your area, you'll be sure to have something popped up. And then, of course, we've got the new one that uh, Steve Clark, the Minister of Housing, had came out to speak about was the Canadian uh, Ontario uh, housing benefit. Uh, so that's going to be new. Don't know the details of what you're going to be what you could qualify for or how much, but that is a nine year program. And just understand that 
as a as a landlord, if you do have a tenant that's coming to you saying that, hey, you know, this is my income, I also get the housing portable benefit, understand that is a nine year program. So there will come a time where are they going to renew it? Are they going to cut it back? Um, or are they just going to cut it down? So there's been places in Canada that had a housing portable benefit. We, we have one now it's in the region of Waterloo, it's $350 extra. But again, in, in, in Alberta, I believe it was they had it taken away. So you now have the thought of, hey, you know, my portable housing benefit is now cut. They are now going to be less that money if they if you're accepting them based on that con concept that they have that program and that benefit. Yeah. So nine years later, hopefully they they get themselves out and, and uh, you know, move forward and find different things that will help with their income. But that's, that's what you hope for. Right. So it's definitely, uh, you know, good, good to, to have that in the back of your mind for sure. I want to talk a little bit about the new bills that came out recently that you mentioned and, and what they are and why it's important. So let's start with the rent freeze. So Bill 204 has passed. It's got its, uh, its lovely uh, approval, which you're not really happy about because you're not going to be able to raise your rent at all, not even above the, the normal guideline. And this is on the 1.7 million tenants in Ontario. So we have concept that, you know, each landlord, when you look at taking on properties, you look on, you know, if our, our raising our rents is, is, you know, making that cash flow. So it is going to be, um, you know, hurtful for some of our investors out there. Um, but most importantly, it's still putting an eviction ban on the commercial landlords as well. Um, if the landlord does qualify for the commercial rent relief, they won't be able to evict their commercial tenants because they do qualify for that that program, even though the program is not um, the greatest, uh, but it's still something. But if they do qualify, then they won't be able to get their eviction ban for the commercial tenants as well. So we have to take into consideration that we can fight it, but at least at least we have the eviction ban lifted. We can we were, we're thankful that still lifted, but with a second wave that's coming, we do have the other political parties trying to introduce another freeze on the eviction ban. And that's what we're kind of concerned about. Um, but we do have a lot of um, a lot of support that we have, you know, with the people who have thought about the old Bill 184. So they get the concept. This is a supply and demand issue. So if they keep putting more restrictions and regulations on these private investors, we're seeing more leaving the industry versus getting into the industry. And a lot of people are just they're still not getting their cases heard. And they're bailing now because of that. So that could be just a straw that breaks the camel back where the government is forcing private investors to be social agencies for the government with no compensation. What about the, to sort of take a, a left turn here, the whole concept of reporting to the landlord credit bureaus, like, like just this, because this is fairly new, right? That if people cannot pay their rent, they're going to actually be reported to the credit bureau. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that's going to affect things or how you, how you see it affecting things? You want to know how excited I am about that? <laughs> that is actually very exciting. Like the, the one, okay. once you get the keys, the one control, know. the one control we get back a little bit, right? So, so go, go for it. <laughs> 
So if you look at being an advocate for 10 years and you see how many people and how many elected officials we spoke with, how many rallies, how many meetings we've had to try to get some sort of protection and know that Landmark and Credit, Credit Bureau has been sitting there since 2012, but spending their money probably on the development part of it, more of expanding out to letting us know that they're there. So we were able to, to do our due diligence. Anytime there's a new program or a new uh, service out there, I'd love to know who they are, what they're all about, because I want to share that with our members and I had my meeting with them over the phone and I'm like this is good then I had another meeting I'm like this is going to be really good and then it's the third one I'm like I just love you guys <laughs> so bottom line is that you finally get something where we have the protection that we need for both good landlords and the good tenants so with landlord credit bureau being able being able to report your tenants monthly payment history for the good and the bad uh, this is going to be so much good for the good ones because you look at what kind of bills you pay and knowing how much your rent is this is now going to be possible positively affecting your credit report to show that you're paying rent on time because a lot of tenants out there they may have bad credit but they do pay their rent on time so it's going to be doing really really good things for them and it's going to help the landlords when they're doing their screening to say to the tenants we also do um, we report your payment history to landlord credit bureau so the good tenants are going to love it and go this is great and the bad ones they may not even bother to come by and fill out that application and this is where the people who are already in your units the people who already take taking advantage of COVID and the rent strikes or people who are just downright not wanting to work with you or connect with these housing programs, uh, they're now going to be uh, reported negative, negatively to the Landlord Credit Bureau, where now landlords have that tool to go and look at these payment history and to actually have that affecting uh, their credit report. So it would be reported to Equifax on a monthly basis. And then the way that Landlord Credit Bureau is also working when you have, uh, you put someone into the system, they're getting an email, they're getting a welcome to let them know how this could be really good for them, how it's going to be able to build their credit. And it also reminds them that your rent is due so even if they're not in the arrears just giving that simple reminder to them it's changing the behavior of how our tenants are are now understanding the rental industry and that's why it's it's like i just want to tell everybody about it because if we can pull our efforts and pool our reports of our past tenants even they have to be maximum two years you can report them into the landlord credit bureau and you have your choice you have your choice of being a property manager a landlord if you see someone struggling and working a payment arrangement in there and if they break that payment arrangement that's when you report you know be reasonable with it but this is where we now have that system to keep people and the keep the tenants in line, keep the landlords fair. And they also have a dispute resolution program too. So if you're reporting something that the tenants want to dispute, there is that option that landlord credit bureau dispute program is going to be able to help guide both parties. It's almost like instant mediation, something that the landlord and tenant board should have done. And also being able to download that payment history for your court case with your hearing to show the payment arrangements that's working with them. And you can also review your tenants, give them a review, and the tenants can also give the landlords a review. Of a review. And I think that brings fairness to both the landlord. And that's why I call it the game changer because more, I've had some tenants contact me about this and they go back and forth with me. And at the end, they actually like it. I'm like, there you go. So this is why I'm very excited to, to be uh, talking about them because if it's anything that I can do to protect our landlords besides just advocate is inform them of Landlord Credit Bureau. 
Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of my students and even the Right Club. I mean, they're, they're one of our partners, our Right partners as well. And the, the thing that you said that I think is brilliant is the fact that it uploads. I mean, there's lots of things that you said, but that was brilliant. But it, the fact that it uploads into Equifax. So when, when they go to apply for a car, when they go to apply for a cell phone, a, a credit card, you know, like anything, they're going to see that information, right? Before, you know, there might have been a few things, but unless you're looking at that portal, it's hard to find. So the fact that they go up to, to Equifax, I think is, is amazing because it's going to force them to say, do you care about your credit or do you not, right? And hopefully they do. And the other thing I, I also like that, that they can do, so like, let's just say you have damage and we had you know, a few calls with them too. If you have damage, you can actually upload that. And you know, even if they, they try to leave you with, uh, I don't know, $5,000 of abuse in the, in the unit or a lot of damage, you can actually put that into the credit bureau. And sometimes they may come back and say, well, let's, let's mediate. And uh, you, you, you're at least a step further. And this is not like a year in the process. It's a lot further, quicker rather than, uh, than sometimes going to the other route. So it just, it's something else in our tool belts to be able to utilize. And I like that you said it's going to be for the good and it's going to be for the, you know, the, it's going to be good or bad, depending on what kind of tenants they are. If they pay on time, it's going to help boost their credit. It's going to help them be able to get into another rental property. And if they're, you know, and if they're not, then at least it's going to allow them to say, wow, this is actually affecting me now. You know, I can't play the system. I mean, of course they can, but they may not. But, you know, I, I have to do something if I want to keep up, keep up my credit and do, you know, move into something else at some point or get a car at some point. I think it's just another great tool in our tool belt. So, and it's something that as you're screening tenants, just let them know that this is going to be part of what you're going to do. So there's, there's no surprises. You know, you can always start it with your current tenants. That's fine too. And you know, if you can, like Kayla said, they go back two years. So if you've got a tenant that you want to report for the good or, or not, maybe they still owe you some money or whatnot, go ahead and put it down and, and they'll get that notification and worse, you know, worse comes to worse, nothing happens, but you could have that mediation opportunity with, uh, with the landlord credit bureau. So why not? Sarah, I was, I was firsthand experience when I took my, I've been a landlord for 17 years. I had one tenant that was able to get away with seven months of not paying me. I put him in the system. He contacted us less than 24 hours. <laughs> we had done it for our property management. They had their money. They had 2250 sent to us within hours of me reporting their October payment. When you look at the fact that we have 58,423 non-payment of rent applications landlord and tenant board and understanding that is the contributor to the backlog that we currently have this could help alleviate that type of backlog so i would like to see you know even landlord credit bureau being tagged into landlord uh with the landlord and tenant board in order to really make it a deep understanding of the situation before they make any type of judgments but this is is it is the game changer for the for the rental housing industry and I, I can't wait till more people talk about it because it's just it's almost like telephone you just have to keep waiting until people find out about it but it's totally worth the money uh, of a premium account because it's a quick click of a button for Equifax and you get a quick click of a button for for collections and they have many more uh features that are coming and i can tell you guys right now that by the time this airs is that they're going to be able to get their credit checks done uh, through their them as well so we're really excited to share that on thursday very cool and this is canada wide i think right just correct me if i'm wrong it is there but they're not currently in quebec right the quebec quebec market always different i'm, I'm from quebec so i can say that but 
Yes, I like to follow, the, uh, we follow everything that's happening in the province. I'm like, oh, look what Quebec is doing. <laughs> I know, I know. We think we have it hard here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so what, else, what other new changes have you seen and, and what other, you know, things are coming down the pipelines that landlords, whether Ontario or not, should be aware of? Well, one, we have the NDP trying to work with a bill uh, 205. I don't know what the whole, they're going 204, 205. I can't wait till 206, what's happening there. But the NDP are looking at trying to uh, give more of a punishment or more relief to the tenant based on illegal evictions. Like normally right now, if you want to take it over for your own personal use, you are giving them a month's rent. They want that to be three months of rent uh, in order to take over uh, ownership or possession of your rental unit once again. Um, normally, if you want to um, tell someone that they have to leave, it's in that three-month cycle, they want you to give six months notice to these tenants. So again, it's an, it's unrealistic uh, request that the NDP is asking. I really can't see it gaining. It went through the first read, but I can't really see it gaining traction just because they do know this is about bringing in investors and trying to get the supply up. This is obviously not going to do that. And we have so many people uh, selling and buying that N20 are a frequently used form that is needed. And if you look at trying to compensate three months of rent off of the sale price because you are now trying to get in there, um, or if you're a snowbird and you just are, you're done dealing with that and you want to take over, like a lot of our snowbirds have gotten caught in this trap of COVID trying to take over their, their own personal home again and the tenants refusing to leave. And they now are seeking uh, accommodations in hotels or in short-term rentals. So a lot of that is still happening and the board is still a mess because of the fact that they're still not dealing with the backlog's true issue. But it's also based on video conferencing and teleconferencing where tenants are getting away with saying, I can't hear you. I, I, I can't hear you. And then they say, okay, let's try to do the phone. And then no, I'm still having cutout problems. Okay, let's adjourn the meeting. And they get to go ahead and, and wait another couple of weeks or months uh, in order to have their hearing heard again. So I think that's where a lot more issues are being are being held with. And we do have uh, some groups uh, in Toronto mostly who are going to properties where the evictions are going to happen and they are barricading uh, the enforcement officers from getting in to evict these people. And the, the evictions are happening later in the evening when everyone has left and now the tenant groups are very upset about it and trying to reach out to media to try to get an eviction ban put back on. I wish I came with you guys, but good. The only good news we got now today is, is Landlord Credit Bureau <laughs> and that we don't have an eviction ban currently in place, but we're continuing to make these changes after speaking with the Landlord and Credit Bureau chair um, and giving her our, our ideas and different ways of, you know, relieving the backlog. She mentioned that there is an advisory committee for the Landlord Credit, uh, for the Landlord Tenant Board, uh, and she thinks that I should be on it. So just waiting for that formal invitation so that we can help them do it because she says you know they just take bill 184 and they try to adjust it to fit their rules and procedures and a lot of them are not uh, investors themselves so they don't have their boots on the ground so they know they need to create this round table so that we have landlords and even tenants to help guide them through creating better rules and procedures to really address the backlog because justice delayed is justice denied. Absolutely. Before we get into our lightning round, I mean, Kayla, it's, I mean, like you said, it's, it's also important to have a good pulse on what's happening. And, and I will preface all of this and say, you know, investing is the best thing I've ever done. I mean, it, it 
got me out of my nine to five opportunity, but it's important to know the other side of what can happen or what's going on from a political standpoint, even though we try to stay as unpolitical as possible, but it's important to understand what's happening and it's important to understand what the rules are and, and the changes in the landlord and tenant rules, whatever the province is, because there's always going to be things that are happening. And, and you may be thinking, how am I going to handle all of this stuff? Like there's a small, small percentage of overall tenants that end up at the board. I mean, that 56,000 or 58, thousand that sounds like a lot of cases but i'll tell you in the grand scheme of things overall it's not that bad right so definitely do a really good job screening utilize the tools that you have but it's also good to have a pulse on what can happen you know should something go wrong because everything is not piece of cake easy otherwise i don't know just loan out your money or something like that and even that has has its ups and downs so what can landlords do kayla right now like if there was a call to action or or a next step for them before we uh we move on to the next part call to action right now is to always get very familiarized with who your mpp is getting to know their background where they come from where they stand on many different political issues because that will help you when you need to speak with them how we're supposed to speak with them um being a part of the ontario landlords watch group uh, on Facebook is a way for us to be able to give you these updates and give you the call of actions in order to, to inform you of what we need to do to, to unite ourselves together. But most importantly, it's about making sure that you know what you're getting into and reading the Residential Intensity Act and Landlord Intent Board and getting uh, that link to all of these bills that are being pushed through very, very quickly and having an, uh, an understanding, taking the time to read it. They have to do that. And our way of, of telling our elected officials right now is that we spent a lot of time putting reports together for you and we need protection and we need protection now. And that's why we're telling all of our landlords, you know, best money to be spent is signing up with Landlord Credit Bureau in order to do that protection. But making sure that they understand that they need to be very politically interested in this, anything to do with housing. If it's a homeless, if it's pod homes, if it's tiny homes, always pay attention to what our elected officials are doing because they will do it extremely quickly and you may not even know about it until that, that bill is passed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for that insight. So Kayla, the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So Laurel and I will take turns asking you four total questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Where's the advisor? This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, question number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Uh, my best advice to give you would be to 
man, wow. That's because you told me it was a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You can expand a little bit. As long as it's not like five minutes into it, you're still explaining it. <laughs> um, the best advice that you have to give is, is that you, you can't be pushy. You can't be pushy with your tenants. You can't be heavily involved with your tenants' lifestyle, what they're doing, who's coming by. You have to sit back and, and, and understand that this is their home and they have to make sure that uh, they feel comfortable and they feel safe and they don't feel harassed at their home. So this is about understanding to do your due diligence, making sure you're doing your inspections when they should be done. Um, but don't get heavily involved with their personal life and who they are and what they're doing, because that just brings drama and it just brings a lot of open areas for you to get caught in that web and to get yourself into some trouble and make sure that you don't talk about that tenant's situation with another tenant, because that's where you want to get information. So landlords talk to the other tenants, but then they start being friends again and now you're caught in the middle. So just keep it to yourself. Talk to your other landlord friends about it without any type of names to get your advice, but try not to talk to other tenants about uh, the situations that you're dealing with other tenants. Yeah. In other words, be professional, like be really professional, <laughs> be kind, be courteous, respectful, and professional. Got it. That's good. So question two, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? Be it, you know, a book training and a course person event. Like, you know, do you have a favorite resource and what is the it? Right club. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You guys have everything. You have it all. You have from, from joint ventures, from, you know, getting yourselves in rent to own and how to scale and how to quit that nine to five job to get in there. I had, uh, you had this lady, Dan Danielle, I believe it was that she was there. She's such a passionate speaker. Like your speakers are amazing and you guys really help your land, the landlords and your members really escalate to be bigger uh, and better landlords. And I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. That's why when you guys want me to come on, I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> like you guys are awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Kayla. You too. All right. Awesome. Question number three, what is the attribute, the one attribute that has made you most successful? I think my customer service and getting to know people. I just, I, it's, it's this, any business that you get into, it's about providing customer service. It's about getting to know your person, getting to know their character and understanding that character character in order to give them the type of service that they deserve. And, and the best way to get that is continuing to talk to as many uh, landlords, tenants, different type of businesses and getting yourself into a network group, because that's where it's going to really give you the education that you need to, to get that skill. Awesome. Okay. And the last question. So what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? <laughs> I have four children. <laughs> I am running the landlord group. So I'm doing that. I'm usually doing that all day long because the we're just over 5,000 members now. Um, but um, I'm always doing something with the rentals. It's, it's been a passion of mine for, for many, many years, but I don't really have much downtime, but I like it. It's, you keep yourself motivated. The only time that we really have some downtime is when we take away on a vacation, but we can't do that anymore. So I'm going to be very stimulated. <laughs> I actually don't know how you do it all with four kids and now a whole property management business. I mean, I know you have a partner to help, you know, also, but it's still a lot on your plate. So, I mean, and thank you, but I, I would say you're, you're doing it in a way you're kind of doing a thankless job, even though we're so appreciative of what you do, you don't get paid to advocate. You don't get paid to, you know, ensure that landlords have a voice. Right. And so thank you for that. And, uh, and Kayla, where can people reach out if they wanted to help, if they wanted to know more what they can do, or just ask you some questions, where can they go? 
Uh, they can join Ontario Landless Watch members group. Uh, they have our, we have our page is Ontario Landless Watch. They can also, I would say email me, um, but I'm, I'm not, we have so many emails. We're a little bit backlogged on responding back, but if you do want to send an email, uh, it's olwlandlords at gmail.com. And then, you know, connect with Sarah. She'll be able to give you my phone number. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Kayla, you will have an Ontario Landlords Watch page as well on our website. So if people have, you know, information or they want to access the Facebook group, we'll put that stuff there for you as well. Because you're, what you're doing is, you know, extremely important for us. I wish, you know, I wish you, you got compensated for it in a way because it's 10 years of time and time and time. So, you know, thank you for everything, Kayla. And if there's one last, you know, piece of advice for other landlords, what would it be? It's network. Network with as many landlords as you possibly can. Get to know them, what area they're from, what they like to invest in, because that's going to be the power of protection as well by getting to know uh, the investors in your area and being able to uh, work together as a team for the protection of both, uh, of both of your protections for your rental properties and your tenants. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kayla, for being on the show. And thank you. Thank yep. you. Thanks, Kayla. I really appreciate it. Another awesome interview with Kayla Andrade and guys, Ontario Landlords Watch Facebook group. If you haven't requested to, to be in the group, there's so much great information. And if you have any questions about landlording or the rules or the regulations or anything, you know, real estate related for landlords, that is a great group to join as well. Laurel, what, uh, what was your big takeaway from it? I think the biggest takeaway for me was that it's it's all our responsibilities to know what our local politicians are doing. Like we can't complain about what the politicians do if we don't even bother to find out what they're doing, right? It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's important to have a good pulse on what's happening. And even if you may not ever need to use it, that's great. At least just know what the rules and regulations are. And you have the support. And I think that's a big takeaway is, is we are stronger together and there is support out there. You just have to go to different places to, to find it. And just like in the beginning, we said rightclub, you know, .com or the rightclub.com is an option. Uh, that Facebook group that she has is amazing. So Ontario Landlords Watch, uh, you can reach her on there or you can meet a lot of other investors that can give you some advice too. And, and you can share stories and, and learn from one another. So Laurel, I will say it was great to co-host with you, but what do we say to the Right Club Nation? We say, come grow with us because we really want you to grow and come to our website, join us, join the conversation, take part in, in what's going on, all kinds of resources, as Sarah said. So yeah, come join with us at therightclub.com. All right, Right Club Nation. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.